Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Uh, I want to go right to my first guest, who is Reverend Dr. Gregory Christopher, the pastor of Shiloh Baptist Church in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, he's going to have four days of uh, uh, appreciation and celebration, beginning the day going through the fourth. Uh, Reverend Dr. Christopher is retiring, and he has been one of the foremost leaders in our community uh, in Tacoma, the Pierce County area, and Washington State and the nation in seeking in, uh, justice for African-Americans and other oppressed people who are, who are facing injustices. So, Reverend Dr. Christopher, uh, congratulations on your career. Congratulations for all the work you've done for people, for all the families you've comforted. And uh, I just uh, have nothing but admiration and respect for you, sir. So uh, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about some of your memories and also uh, let them know how they can be involved in your appreciation and celebration over the next four days. Thank you, Mr. Eddie Wright. Thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to be uh, uh, be with you today. Uh, I, I guess um, one of my hallmark moments um, uh, in ministry was um, when I went to Washington, D.C. to uh, protest uh, the uh, Senate that was trying to repeal the Affordable uh, Health Care Act that um, that was pushed by our former president uh, Obama, and so uh, so, and I ended up uh, uh, getting arrested, and and uh, and that that felt good because I was doing that for for so many that the Bible called the least of these, and so that that certainly uh, would be one. Um, uh, one more real quickly, um, uh, the Tacoma Ministry Alliance, uh, purchased, uh, Mr. Mac clothing store and sanitary barbershop. Uh, there, there was a homeless person who, uh, broke into, uh, Mr. Mac and stole clothing four times. And, uh, and the, the, Police department called me and wanted me to, to just you know, uh, drop the hammer on him, and I didn't I didn't really feel like that was what I wanted to do because it was clear that this person had an addiction, and I come from that uh, uh, from that challenge, and so I I didn't I didn't want to do it. I I did want him to get some help, and and so for that he he to to make that happen he had to be. Uh, given some time. Uh, and so anyway, about uh, two years ago, I hear this guy coming up behind me, Pastor Christopher, Pastor Christopher, I'm the guy that broke into your store, uh, Mr. Mag, four times. I'm so, I want to appreciate you and thank you for not saying you wanted to throw the book at me. He, he said, I'm clean. He said, I'm doing well. And so that was, that was, that was a, that was a hallmark moment. And so, so those those were two, and, and and naturally there is plenty, but the the celebration starts tonight at the Shallow Baptist Church in Tacoma, Washington, uh, just with a spirit-filled service open to um, the community. Uh, so so uh, Dr. Bishop Lawrence White of the Church of the Living God uh, will will be the guest speaker. He will kick it off tonight. Tomorrow, 
we would have a gala at the Murano Hotel uh, in Tacoma uh, from 530 to 630 social hour, and we'll begin the uh, uh, the celebration uh, promptly at 6.30. On Saturday, that the next day, uh, they will celebrate my wife, uh, Evelyn uh, Jean Christopher, and certainly she should be celebrated for what all she had to put up with me. <laughs> and, you know, my absence in the house is a sacrifice to 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 be to be used by God as an agent of change. We have the our families families suffer, and so. But anyway, so they'll be celebrating her at the Greater Christ uh, Temple uh, Oasis of Hope, and then we will uh, climax that that Sunday. That's following Sunday at three p.m. And all is welcome. And you also were intricately involved in seeking justice for the Man Manuel Ellis family. Uh, that was a, a story that went uh, across the nation. And you were one of the leaders in terms of having the regular meetings and stuff. So I'd just like to have you reflect on that because that's one of the probably the most publicized issues in Tacoma for quite a while. Uh, next to the three policemen being, uh, being paid to leave the Tacoma Police Department. Could you reflect on that for a minute? Yeah, so... so um, you know, that's, um, that tragedy, uh, will go down as one of the worst ones. And from my viewpoint in the city of Tacoma, um, you know, it, 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 it shook so many of us and it woke so many of us up to the reality that, uh, systemic racism is not gone anywhere. Matter of fact, it has gained momentum. And so um, uh, if the uh, sheriff of Pierce County would have been honest in his assessment of what happened, if there would, if there would have been transparency, it, it wouldn't have had the impact that it has now because he just basically got on TV arrogantly and lied and say no police officer put him in a chokehold. And then when then right after that, we get more and more videos showing the treatment of what happened to Manuel Ellis. And 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 the fact is Manuel Ellis, even with his drug problem, uh did not have to die that night. He did not have to die. Uh 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 I don't believe that uh, that those officers was driving around saying we're going to kill a black man that night. But the opportunity presented this itself, and 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 the 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 racism in 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 in, in these police officers who who does not have the temperament to be a police officer killed Manuelis, you know. And I thought that they should answer for that. In regards to the payoff, we we was between a rock and a hard spot. So, do we want these three officers back on the street, or is this, or do we want to go ahead and just give them five hundred thousand and tell them to, to go about their business? Because if they would have got back on the street, 
you know, there could have been a small civil war here in Tacoma and Pierce County, you know, and then and it would have been a challenge for the Tacoma Police Department trying to protect them and innocent citizens. And so, so it's a, you know, it's, it's not a pretty picture. It's almost like we paid them uh, to, to kill an African-American male uh, for, for no, basically no reason at all. Certainly he should have been uh, uh, probably arrested, but certainly that man should have not died. And so we, we knew that we would get a lot of heat around the state, around the country, but we could not let these three police officers back on the streets in Tacoma. That, that was just not an option. And you know what, for the first time, I really have clarity on the rationale and the reasoning why there wasn't any protests against them being paid. But I certainly hope that their pictures are circulated weekly on Facebook or somewhere to make sure wherever they go, people know who they are. And I think that needs to happen. And I think that uh, uh, Mr. Jonathan Johnson and the various NAACP branches across the country can take care of that very easily with this technology these days. So I would just feel real bad if uh, they went somewhere else and killed another brother or sister or another person, I would feel really bad because I know who they are and uh, I know what they've done and I know what they're capable of doing. So, uh, but I really do appreciate uh, all that you did. And I'm really happy that you uh, mentioned your wife and apologize for being gone all the time. But when you're a leader, you know, that's just what's gonna happen, you know? And the thing about it is uh, I don't know where you're gonna retire to, we, we're all hoping that you stay around because we need seasoned veterans in the struggle for African-Americans, especially for African descendants of the United States enslaved, because we continue to be at the bottom rung of the ladder. And the sad thing is, is that the three uh, uh, soldiers killed over in, in Jordan last week were all African-Americans from Georgia. Now, here we are with black folks in the military all around the world defending everybody else's freedom. We don't have the freedom to vote right here. Our people don't even have all our rights to be in challenge, even to get an education. And they keep saying, you want preferential? I said, how can you say preferential treatment when we gave you 254 years of slavery, 100 plus years of Jim Crow, died in every war, liberated folks since World War II from concentration camps, and some of our most ardent foes of people who great-grandparents we saved uh, over in, uh, uh, in Europe during uh, World War II. So uh, we're the most patriotic people, group of people in America. Uh, make no, and I remember, I can't remember, I can't forget Doc Rivers saying, we keep loving America, but it don't love us back. And he was crying while he right. said it because he's telling nothing but the truth. So Dr. Gregory Christopher, uh, I am not in town, but I'll be back in town soon enough to participate in one of your events and do want to take you to dinner before you get out of town. Thank you so much. And, and, it, and it don't look like we'll be leaving anytime soon. Uh, certainly we're waiting on uh, God to release me uh, to, to, to move on. And so in the interim, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to stay in the, in, 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 in the struggle for, and try to get some things, some policies changed so that uh, hopefully that won't happen here in Tacoma. And, uh, and unfortunately those three police officers you know, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but also part of the agreement was that they get a recommendation from the city. We we gave up a lot, but I believe we we're gonna save a lot. 
I think you did, sir. And thank you very much, Reverend Dr. Greg. Thank you. Thank I'll you. see you sometime thank you, this weekend. Thank you for thank your service. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. 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 Uh, my next guest is Tony Benton, uh, also known as Tony B. Rainier Avenue Radio World. Uh, do an outstanding job with their programming and they're on 24-7. So, uh, Tony B., welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, my brother. Tony B., are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I sure I can now. Rainier Avenue. Okay. Uh, we're all. <laughs> thank and you, thank you for having me. Coming up. Uh, Excited uh, to be here. And and you guys have a real big, uh, a whole monthly event on Black History Month. And I know it's going to be Tuesday through Sunday uh, from uh, 3 to 7 at 4916 Rainier Avenue South. So tell us about who will be featured. Now, I understand there's going to be some... Uh, art as well as some memorabilia that will be available pertaining to the black struggle in Seattle, King County, Washington state. Yes, actually it's 11 a.m. We're open from 11 a.m. to uh, 7 p.m. We have 15 different installations down here. We have installations from the Black Heritage Society, uh, which talks about the Jackson Street jazz era, uh, which Mr. Wright, as Mr. Ryan, know you're familiar with here. Seattle was a hub for jazz on Jackson Street between 1st and 12th Avenues. On Jackson Street, there were 34 nightclubs. (laughs) Everybody who was anybody uh, in jazz came to Seattle to hear at what point that point what was a very controversial and new form of music. We've also got a, uh, an exhibit, an installation from the Seattle Black Panther Party, um, uh, which again uh, was the first chapter formed outside of uh, California. Uh, and, and I'm sitting right now in the Rainier Cinema black movie poster room. Uh, the Rainier Cinema was the only place where you could come and see black movies in Seattle. And it is actually the building that we're in right now. We have a display from Izell's famous chicken, the Hartsfield enslaved quilt collection, the uh, black prisoners caucus, uh, the uh, Tacoma Buffalo soldiers museum. Uh, also the, uh, Total Experience Gospel Choir Exhibit with Pat Wright. We've got an exhibit with Nasty Mixed Records. We've got an exhibit from Mohai and the South Seattle Emerald. So 15 different installations that we have here that tell the stories of African-Americans and what we've done and what we've accomplished, how we overcame repression and oppression in this city. Well, Tony B., one thing we haven't overcame, and that's uh, the discrimination and contracting with Washington State. Yeah. In 2021... African-American-owned firms did 0.18% of the state's business. And even after Governor Inslee signed the executive order restoring affirmative action January of 2022, at the end of 2022, black African-American-owned businesses did 0.22%. Yeah. And folks are still running games on us. And some people act like, matter of fact, I just sent the legislature some information today. And hopefully out of uh, the 10 or 12 or the 15 I sent it to, something will happen. But Tony B., the other thing I want to talk to you about is the radio station and how a fantastic job you guys are doing. I had the pleasure of being interviewed at the Martin Luther King event at the Garfield Gym uh, a couple of weeks ago on the 15th on Dr. King's holiday. So why don't you uh, share some information about Rainier Avenue uh, Radio.World with our listening audience? 
And, and you're, you're correct, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Rod. I should have said overcoming repression and oppression uh, because those things still exist today. But we do uh, a, a job. There are some folks here who face those challenges. But Rainier Avenue Radio, uh, we have over 80 programs that are produced or hosted by members of our community. We're a community radio station. We broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we have talk shows, we have um, music shows, we broadcast high school sports, we broadcast in multiple languages, Mr. Rye, we broadcast uh, in Tagalog, we broadcast in Fijian, we broadcast in Mandarin Chinese and Vietnamese, uh, Spanish, um, and our programming is driven by the community. I don't tell folks what to say, what to have a show about, and I don't edit them. So. Anyone can have a show on Rainier Avenue Radio and talk about whatever your challenges are, your successes are, what your unanticipated challenges are. Uh, we do broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And along with our streaming platform, we also have visual platforms on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and every way uh, that we can imagine. We obviously think now we're entering our eighth year every year of having broadcast broadcast the ML Day, MLK Day uh, um, celebration. And, uh, you know, Mr. Rye, we look forward to the important events that you do to show our community, you know, what we what we do. And I think it's the uh, it, on August 28th. We try to be there every year for that as well. There are so many things that go on. And, and you know, Mr. Rye, I guess what I'm saying, and you're telling people to talk about me, but I have so much respect for you because if not for you, a lot of these things would be forgotten. And so what I do is try to amplify uh, some of the things that you started so that we keep the tradition of going and know our history and understand that it is our responsibility to document our history, to keep our history, to record our history. And I know that you were talking about this earlier because they are trying to change our history. And I would go so far as to say, eliminate our history. You're absolutely right, sir. You're absolutely right. And folks, they don't want people to know about our 400 tenure in this country. Uh, America, uh, African slavery made America an economic power. Uh, any country to get 254 years of free labor is going to be an economic power. <laughs> and the fact is, for people try to disregard, that's why I put black and white pictures of uh, uh, the soldiers in World War II, uh, the 761st Tank Battalion, uh, the real Black Panthers. There was a group called the Black Panthers during World War II, and they liberated, liberated Jews from concentration camps. And uh, every war, like I said you know, uh, earlier, we just lost three African-Americans over in Jordan. Yes. And right now, their people don't uh, having their voting rights and their civil rights gutted. Their history uh, attempting to erase our history, and at the same time, we're all around the world defending everybody else's rights. We don't have economic justice. Uh, we can get in school, we can play football or basketball, but uh, when you have everybody else in the University of Washington and very few black folks had more black folks, University of Washington, African Americans in 1975 than we have in 2024. And that's wow. a tragedy. And it's a shame that we'd be such a progressive state in Martin Luther King Jr. County with this kind of racism and discrimination continue to per perpetuate itself. And it has to be called out. So I'm so happy that uh, Rainier Valley, uh, Rainier Avenue Radio, that world is kicking and keeping the people informed. So uh, 
How many years have you have you guys done uh, this uh, Black History exhibit? This is only the second year that we've done this. And, you know, I just, again, uh, I, I commend you your, on your work for making us the only municipality, you know, named after Dr. King. And you brought up the University of Washington. I mentioned that we had an exhibit here from the Black Prisoners Caucus, and it was the Black Student Union at the University of Washington in 1972-73 uh, that went into the prisons uh, to teach uh, math and also were important in making sure that uh, folks could get degrees while they were in prison and that was done with the University of Washington Black, Black Student Union so there's just a number of different things you know another thing Mr. Rye quickly a lot of our history gets lost because as our elders collect this information and awards um, it gets thrown away uh, and so we're, we're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen so that we retain our history, we document our history, because a lot of those little pieces will put together to pit, put the big picture together. And uh, and I know that uh, John Yasutaki is uh, relocated. Is he still doing this program remotely? He has not started doing his program remotely yet, but he will start doing his program uh, remotely here. We are looking forward to uh, to that happen and uh, uh, here probably in the next month or so. Now, let's give a shout out to some of the on-air personalities and other people you have behind the camera, behind the scenes. Uh, give us the names of some of the people that's been with you and who are still doing things. Uh, there is Tracy Harrell, who does a show called Better Living Together uh, that you can catch at 6 o'clock on, on Mondays. Larry, I don't remember his last name, but he does a show on Black Mental Health Awareness, and you can catch him at 5.30 on Mondays. We have a show called Lidline Sports, where we talk sports, which is hosted by Otis Williams and... Um, Pepe Bean, uh, again, uh, John Yasutaki show Seattle here and now. Uh, he's relocated, but he will be starting that show up uh, again. We have a show called Clean Greens Living, which is hosted by Bree Jeffrey. And that show airs uh, every Tuesday at 1230. And they talk about, you know, farming and, and making sure that you eat the right foods and keeping food healthy. I can go on and on. Mr. Well, that, that's great. That's great. I sound like that clean, green living. Sound like Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that, that is his daughter is Bree Jeffrey. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I figured I had to put all that together. Well, so anyway, uh, the 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 forty nine sixty is that the the the, uh, the cinema that you own the theater? Yes. Okay, forty nine sixteen, the Columbia City Theater. Is that what it's called? It's, well, for this month, it's yes, called the, the Call to Conscious Black History Month Museum. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's perfect, brother. That's Yeah, that's perfect. So anyway, and that's at 4916 Rainier Avenue South. As yes. a matter of fact, it is open right now, Tuesday through Sundays, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So, Tony B. Man, thank you very much for all you do in the community. And uh, I will be stay in touch with you to make sure we can make some things happen. And again, Mr. Rod, thank you for uh, uh, being the leader and the visionary uh, that you are. I, I appreciate being able to stand on your shoulders and, and do what I do today. Well, I appreciate you too, brother. And thank you very much for the compliment. I do appreciate it. All right. All right. Uh, Eric, we're going to take this break and come back with uh, a young Bob Radford in a minute. 
Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support Thinking for Yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eric, thank you for the spin of the tunes, brother. Anyway, I want to thank the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, they own uh, the African Lounge at the Mountain Room Bar and Concourse A at SeaTac. My next guest uh, is uh, Robert Radford. I've been calling him Bob Radford all his life. So, uh, and he is engaged with uh, 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 the first annual uh, gala for Clarence Acox and it's a fundraiser. And uh, so, uh, Mr. Radford, why don't you go right ahead and share with our listeners what will be coming up on Monday, February 5th at Demetrio's Jazz Alley. Thank you. Yes, this is a fundraiser for the programs that Clarence Acox, who was principal in Garfield for all of his career in Seattle, um, before he retired, he co-founded three programs. One was called Jazz Ed, which is really thriving today. They have a facility in South Lake Union, provides program jazz programming for infants, almost you might say, in the Weebop program to high school. And um, then he co-founded the Seattle Repertory Jazz Orchestra and co-founded another one called the uh, Garfield Jazz uh, Foundation. So we're trying to raise $500,000 in this first effort. 70% of will go toward the programs that I just mentioned. 30% will go toward commissioning and establishing a museum uh, sorry, I mean a statue, a bronze statue for Clarence. And uh, <clears throat> John Demetrios has been very generous to give us the space at no charge next Monday and um, for the fundraiser. And we'll have a number of Garfield grads who will perform that evening. And it'll be an auction. And I've committed uh, 10000 of my money to, as a pledge, to see if we can get some leverage out of that for other pledges. 
And uh, <clears throat> Clarence now has um, um, a debilitating illness that uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank. Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's. Yeah, Parkinson. And uh, <clears throat> the day after the event, the mayor and the city council will be uh, using that as an as a date to proclaim Black History Month. So we'll be there along with Vivian Phillips, uh, the Northwest African American Museum representative, and an artist by the name of Byron, I mean Myron uh, <clears throat> Curry, who has become very prominent around Seattle in uh, his mural art that uh, grew out of uh, and early experience with Onyx Fine Arts Gallery, where I'm the treasurer. So, any any questions about that event? Well, how can people? You want people to show up? Can they go? How can they? Uh, they can uh, go on, online can, and, and get yeah. reservations. Yeah, at this late date, they should call Jazz Alley's number and personally see if they can get uh, uh, a seat because. For novices trying to work their way through the seating chart, they could come become very discouraged because you got to decide whether you're one person, whether you're having dinner, you're not dinner, and and by the time you get through this, it might be more challenged than you would like. So I'm suggesting that people call the number, and as soon as they get the number, push to zero, get the operator and buy a seat. What I'll do, uh, uh, Brother Radford, is I will put that phone number underneath your picture on Facebook. Okay. And then that way people can see, they know what it's about, and they also have a number to call to get a reservation because I'm, I'm a uh, Mr. Acock supporter myself, and uh, I, can't, I can't pledge $10,000 if I win the lottery, I could. But right now, being an oldster and not really all the way on hips, but... <laughs> but but I, I will make sure that I do make a donation. I really appreciate uh, you guys doing this work because Clarence Acox gave a lot. He taught a lot. And everything that is done in, in his memory while he's here uh, needs to happen. He needs to get his flowers while he can smell them. And I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. And uh, yeah. I'll come down there. I will see you on Monday. I'll be I'll be back. So I'll see you on Monday, sir. And thank you very Wonderful. much. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, any amount is... I just mentioned that because that'll be what I'll pledge the night of the auction to get things rolling. So um, uh, it'll be a delightful show and hope you can make it. Did you graduate from Garfield? I sure did. Wow. The class of 59. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. I was, I was 16. I was one of the youngest in the, in the class, but well, I, I, I wasn't the smartest, but anyway, so, uh, Brother Radford, thank you very much for the work you're doing. And uh, like I said, I'll see you Monday. Yes. I'll put that Jazz Alley phone number underneath your picture on Facebook so people can uh, make sure uh, they can send some money if they can't get a ticket. That's okay. right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. Here. Okay. My next guest is uh, Dr. Marsha Tatarunga, who is the dean of the Evergreen State College, Tacoma Campus. And they're kicking off uh, having their Black History celebration, uh, at least the first one anyway. I know they're going to have a bunch of them at the Tacoma campus. But the first one will be on Saturday from uh, 12 to 3. 
and she has some very distinguished African Americans she will be uh, highlighting. And so, Dr. Marsha Taylor Rungo, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. I mean, we did Thank the program you. live from Evergreen State College. Tacoma campus. And you know what? We got to do it again. We got to so, do it again, Eddie. Yes. So and why don't you share a little bit about the Tacoma campus before we start talking about the celebration? I mean, how many students you have? How long the campus has been there? How long you've been in charge? Okay. When you can be the president of the whole thing? <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me on this uh, show. I'm so happy to be here and to hear what's going on in Seattle because I'm in Tacoma now. So it's really a delight to hear about like uh, Clarence A. Cox, one of my heroes. So anyway, uh, Evergreen State College, Tacoma, I want to bring you greetings from the founder, Dr. Maxine Mims. She herself is 95. She'll be turning 96 on March 4th. So that will be our Founders Day. Uh, she is, um, we boast of almost 200 students here at Evergreen State College, Tacoma. Now there's a Olympia campus, which is the flagship, but Dr. Mim started Tacoma right at her kitchen table. Um, we offer several programs right now. It's an interdisciplinary uh, degree program in Bachelor of Arts, but we have just launched an early childhood education program, which is an emphasis in the Bachelor of Arts. So we know that we're trying to get all teachers prepared to train the young people right now who are going to be the leaders of the mid-21st century. So we're excited about that. We have a hydroponic project uh, right now that that's being launched by Michael Twiggs. And we are really trying to learn how to care for our own food, grow our own food in a hydroponic way, which is a very safe way free of toxins um, in the elements out here on the hilltop. And also we have um, we have been very much involved in uh, the city of Tacoma as well as the state level of preserving African-American uh, history. So we are involved in a very strong archive project. Uh, we have pulled in Akuye Karen Vargas from Kitsap. We're working with Monette Hearn, who's at the state level and uh, several people here in Tacoma to make sure that we are preserving the history of African-Americans in uh, the Pacific Northwest, because it is indeed a very rich history. And what what does the staff look like over there? How many instructors, counselors? As a matter of fact, I remember, I recall Barbara Laners was over there for a while. Yes, right? of course, Barbara, Barbara Laners now retired, but uh, she she pops in every now and then. Uh, right now, we have about nine faculty uh, going to 10 by next year. And another person who came back this year was Dr. Joy Hardiman. She's uh, mm -hmm. our, one of our original faculty here at Evergreen. And so she's teaching this quarter a class called Comparative Worldviews. And she's partnered up with uh, the illustrious Dr. Edwin Nichols, who uh, works with her on looking at uh, cultural worldviews. And, and, and so it's just an amazing program right now. And we'll be bringing Barbara Laners back, Dr. Gilda Shepard. Um, all of them have retired, but they, they pop in from time to time. Well, that's good to hear. Now let's go to your event on Saturday from uh, 12 to three, when you're honoring three brothers that I know, at least featuring them. Uh, let us know about the program, who the individuals are. 
Yes, indeed. That's our kickoff day for Black History Month. We'll be having it every Saturday in February. But this Saturday, we're kicking off with, uh, with first of all, um, Larry Gossett, who we all know. Uh, we're bringing him back to his early days as one of the originators of the Black Student Union because our, we have a Black Student Union that is attempting to form in Olympia. And so I explained to them that we, we have a man here who started the first Black Student Union at Franklin High School and later the University of Washington. And I wanted them to meet him personally. So he will be here. Uh, also, Elmer Dixon, as you know, just finished writing a book. And he's going to come and share the content of his book as a fat, one of the co-founders of the Black Panther Party in the Seattle area. And last but not least is Kalafani Mwamba, who is an alumni of Evergreen Tacoma and now on the faculty at University of Washington in the School of Social Work. And so he's going to come as a expert in Black history, giving us some background about uh, what are the current disparities and also some of the history behind those disparities? Well, Calipani's parents were both educators and uh, absolutely was highly esteemed Dr. Thad Spradlin. So uh, he comes from, uh, he's been a good brother for a long time. And yeah. a very studious brother too. That's why you talk about him being on the faculty at UW because he has been, he has been uh, above the game when it comes yes, down to education, indeed. but he had a good reason for with the home that his parents, that he came from. So now uh, in terms of the program on Saturday, uh, give us, walk our listeners through what they can expect. Well, we just want everyone to gather. Uh, Dr. Mims will be present at the event and we just want people to gather. We'll have a small lunch, a, a light lunch, and we will begin with, uh, these presentations lasting about 20 minutes each. Um, and then we will have a question and answer from the audience to these great uh, historical marking people and uh, to talk about the not just Seattle, but the Pacific Northwest and the impact that they personally made, but also the connections and that they made during uh, during the time that they were holding leadership here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Well, you and, know, you know uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, I remember when Kalfani first came to the University of Washington, I was his uh, academic counselor and he was hot then as a 18 year old. He had yeah. some amazing knowledge and he brought in uh, people in the Black Student Union then like uh, Francis Cress-Welsing and Maulana Karinga and Oh, my goodness. He just had amazing speakers that he exposed uh, right here in the Pacific Northwest. So some 40 years later, he's doing the same thing. And that's absolutely great. Uh, we need to have uh, make sure that that information gets passed down to the younger folks, because Indeed. if they listen to the news right now, they'll think black folks never did a thing. Yes. Uh, because of uh, nothing but but racism. Uh, you went race 400 years of history and don't want people to know that People uh, outing used to be when you did a picnic, and it might be more than one Nick, uh, <laughs> and bring your whole family in a picnic basket uh, to watch several black folks be hung. They don't want nobody. Mm. Well, no, I mean that will be you know if you if you know uh, uh, if you're a white person and you didn't do it, you didn't do it. 
But, you know, you, uh, I'm not going to hold you responsible for your parents' crimes, but I am going to hold you responsible for us getting our share of what we have coming. Absolutely. And we like all the subjects, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Eddie. We got to hear from all of it. And we want people to bring their opinions, their, their viewpoints to the table. That's really what happens here at Evergreen uh, Tacoma. We let it all come in and we have debates and we let people share their their uh, what they know about history. But come to find out they know very little about uh, Washington State. I shared with them just the other day about George Washington. And I'm not talking about the first George president. Washington Bush. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As and, a matter of fact, his son, Owen Bush, was a member of the first legislature and sponsored the bill to create Washington State College, which is now Washington University. So, yeah. Oh, you're in the know, but you know, so many, so many of our people have no, no concept of that history that we were the the real pioneers of Washington State. So we have a lot to be proud of. And I, I would strongly suggest that Evergreen State College uh, put some of those classes online so you can educate everyone instead of just the students in the class. But yeah. that would be good knowledge for a lot of people to have without coming to Evergreen or being a student. And yes. I'm sure that you could get some sponsors to take care of any costs that you might incur in doing that. Okay, you have to help that's me something with that. I will definitely pursue it. You know, I we do have a lot of our classes now online at night because that's one gift from COVID. We found out that so many students did want to take their classes at night. So on uh, virtually. And okay. then in the daytime, we're still in person. Well, Dr. Marshall Tateronga, thank you very much. And uh, have a successful event on uh, Saturday to kick it off. Thank you. And we'll be on with, checking with you throughout the month of Black History Month to keep we make sure our listeners are updated. So thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Eddie. Always a pleasure to be with you. And thank you for your work in the community. Thank you very much. Okay, Eric, we're going to take this quick break and come back with uh, Ed Prince, Executive Director of Washington Commission on African-American Affairs after these messages. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. 
All right, Eric, thank you for them good jams you'll be playing in between these breaks. Uh, my next guest is uh, Edward Prince, also known as Ed Prince, uh, the executive director of the Washington State Commission on African American Affairs, a Renton City Council member, a Sound Transit Board member, and will soon be leading the National League of Cities if he's not already. But uh, uh, this is Black History Month, and I know that the Commission on African American Affairs is probably doing something, and we want to check in with the boss to find out what's going on for Black History Month. Well, happy first day of Black History Month, Eddie. Happy first day of Black History Month. Um, before I get started, so two things. One, whenever I think about the first day of Black History Month, I think about the second day of Black History Month, and your good friend and my mentor, Tony Orange, who's no longer with us, his birthday is tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and so I, uh, whenever I think about the 1st of February, I always think of the 2nd of February. Um, and then also, I just saw this uh, during the commercial break, uh, that Joe Madison, the Black Eagle from Sirius XM, passed away today. A wow. uh, couple of things. So, you know, stalwarts in our community are, are you know, are leaving us. Uh, but uh, we are fortunate that we still have our Pacific Northwest treasurer and you, Eddie. Um, and uh, out here fighting the good fight. The commission really right now has been totally focused on legislative session and trying to make sure that policies that are going to be for the betterment of the black community make it through this 60-day sprint of the lead session. Uh, this is the fourth week, so we're about halfway through. We had our first cutoff yesterday, the policy cutoff which any policy bill that they don't deem necessary to implement the budget died at five o'clock yesterday. Um, and so I've got to go through my tracker and find out what bills were falling that are, uh, if they're alive or dead or considered necessary to implement the budget. Could you uh, share with our listeners some of the priorities uh, in terms of legislation that the Commission on African-American Affairs is following and supporting? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, we are looking at uh, Substitute House Bill uh, 1862, uh, uh, giving assistance to disabled veterans, um, members of the armed forces. Uh, we are looking at, I'm trying to find, uh, House Bill 1874, uh, protecting consumers from predatory loans. We know that in uh, the black community, or just in communities in the um, in the inner city and where predominantly people of color live, there are a lot of predatory lending things. Let's uh, try and find some more. Uh, there's a bill, and I can't find that number right now, that um, Representative Morgan did on African American studies for seventh through twelfth graders. Quick question. Are there any bills uh, to address inequities and uh, uh, in economics and contracting opportunities? That is what I was looking at my tracker to see. I do not believe there are any bills dealing with that this year, at least none that have come across uh, my desk that I've heard about. I mean, obviously there should be, but I've not heard of any. Well, i tell you what I did today is I sent... Uh, 16 members of the House and a couple of members of the Senate, a copy of a racial discrimination complaint that the National Association of Minority Contractors, the Washington State chapter, filed two years ago, actually 20, 20, 
November 23rd, 2021, uh, there was another letter to ask uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland for reconsideration. That bill was sent by our national office, National President Wendell Stimley and our State President Bob Armstead. Uh, we got a, a, a response back that they referred it to the Department of Transportation and all state agencies are not the Department of Transportation. It was very heartbreaking to see Kristen Clark signed a letter. We know she works for Mary Garland, but, uh, and, and they said they referred it to the Department of Transportation. In two years, we've not heard anything from the Department of Transportation. And so I shared uh, this last letter and the response from Mary Garland uh, with uh, members of, of, uh, of, of uh, the Washington State Legislature. Uh, and so real quick, Eddie, we had support we, right quick uh, when uh, Congressman Benny Adam Smith did the first letter to Mary Garland saying, hey, uh, his he uh, believes through his analysis that this should be investigated as discrimination. Uh, nothing happened. Uh, he got a letter back saying, well, I sent it to the Department of Transportation. Then Benny Thompson, Congressman Benny Thompson, sent a letter to both Pete Buttigieg and Mary Garland and attached the state's 2021 from OMWBE's report that's uh, highlighted the fact that African-American businesses had received 0.18% of state business. And in January, 2022, uh, Governor Jay Inslee signed uh, executive order restoring affirmative action. Well, at the end of 2022, African-American businesses did 0.22%. And then we know we had 23 years where there was no affirmative action <clears throat> and uh, there were discrimination ran rampant. So uh, those are some of the issues that the National Association of Minority Contractors are dealing with right now. So I sent this information to uh, 18 members of the legislature <clears throat> today. And uh, one member got several uh, 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 copies of this stuff uh, a couple of days ago. <clears throat> but I don't want to put it on one or two people. So I sent it to everyone, at, at least a lot of the minority members, the Minority Members Caucus, uh, the Black Members Caucus, because you would think that uh, there would be an uproar if anybody's examining these reports, seeing how little participation that African Americans are uh, getting, and you know, you would think that something would be said. So if they didn't know, they know now. Well, and I was that my question I was going to ask is when you mentioned the legislators, I was going to ask if you sent it to the Legislative Black Caucus, um, and. And uh, if you had, will you also send that information to me so I can look at it and follow oh, absolutely. up? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Chapalo Street, uh, Melanie Morgan, uh, Senator Twana Nobles, Representative uh, April Berg, Representative Brandy, uh, uh, Representative uh, Deborah Interman, uh, Representative Christine, uh, uh, Rep Representative David Hackney, uh, then also... Uh, uh, Senator Valdez, uh, Representative uh, Ortiz, uh, yeah, yeah, Ortiz Self, Representative uh, Cindy Ryu, uh, Representative uh, Trudeau, Representative uh, is uh, is Manka, is she a senator now? Who? Manka Dinga. Manka Dinga is a senator. Yes. Yeah, up to her. Uh, Representative uh, Sharon Tomiko Santos, Senator Bob Hasegawa. Senator uh, Re uh, Rebecca Saldana, Representative Claudia Kaufman, and Representative Jamila Taylor all got a copy of the original complaint. Uh, they got a copy of the letter 
It was sent by the national president and the, our local state president, uh, Wendell Stimley, the national president, uh, Bob Armstead, uh, the Washington State chapter president of National Association of Minority Contractors. And uh, so uh, they were copied on it, but you know, uh, so this information did go out because, you know, it, it might be a short session, but we can't stand another year of this kind of discrimination in the black community when, in fact, the governor signed an executive order restoring affirmative action. We also sent an email from Elton Mason. Uh, give you an example of what's happening. They And I'll send you this, too. You have, have our black consultant to call people to a meeting uh, about this hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contract. They get to the meeting, 10 black truckers, and with all the trucking going on, the black truck, most of the black truckers' trucks are parked for the lack of work because uh, uh, a white general contractor got to, uh, to select them. And uh, so these folks go to this meeting, Graham Contractors is who it was, had the contract, it was the, the one Kirkland uh, from uh, 405 to 85th. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get to the meeting, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Elton Mason has been in this business forever. And he says, what about the dump trucking contract? So the gentleman running the meeting says, oh, that's confidential. And Mason says, no, it's not. You awarded to Grady uh, Trucking and Excavation. So you have us here on a a contract that's already been, well, we're talking about the future. Well, you got them there under false pretenses and you have a black consultant bringing these things together. And, uh, and then the next day, even after this, this consultant still reaching out trying to justify the action. They said they had a need for two truck, two trucks for specialty trucking. Elton Mason was the only trucker there that had could do that kind of work. So these kind of things are still happening because the state of Washington will not say anything to these discriminating majority contractors. They won't say anything. You have two or three trucking firms that have 99% of the work. And so the governor's executive order signed January 22. Obviously, the restoring affirmative action means very little. So this is why we went to the feds and got very little help there. Very disappointing with uh, uh, Joseph Biden's attorney general, Mary Garland, very disappointed with him. Uh, he's going to send our racial discrimination complaint to the Department of All uh, Washington state agencies underperform. So you're going to send... At, DOT has nothing to do with DES or any other yeah. any other state agency. So, uh, but th- this is the struggle that we're having. Uh, so, anyway, uh, well, I will see this information there because we just got out of time. So, I will say this because I know we're almost out of time. Um, I worked closely with the governor's office on that executive order, uh, trying to get it, re- trying to to repeal. Um, you know, I two hundred to reinstitute affirmative action. I got to be careful about how I say that. Um, and we, we got we got to go. We're out. But anyway, thank you, and I'll send you this information. Please do. Okay, I want to thank the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, CTAC Bar Group LLC, and thank you very much, uh, Eric. And I will see you soon. <laughs>